0: welcome back my friends to another wonderful show another wonderful story i've been loving sharing stories of real women who are dealing with pelvic health issues and today we have another story about prolapse from sharon oakley who has a really great great things to share about her journey with prolapse and how she's really managed to integrate mind body medicine into her healing along with the practical physical exercises and daily life things that she needs to do to manage her her lifestyle and her her physical needs too. So we're going to get into all of that in this episode. We're going to talk about the power of identifying stories, old stories and limiting beliefs and then rewriting them and doing that so that you can basically look toward your future vision and then reverse engineer a path to get to where you want to go. So we bring it all together. I think you're going to love this show. Please do check the show notes if you're interested in anything Sharon talks about. Also, if you're interested in contacting her, she's just a wonderful, wonderful soul who will be happy to hear from anyone who's listening to this show right now and, you know, just be a, a voice. Or an ear, I should say, a shoulder, if they are having similar issues in their own journey. So please check the show notes for Sharon's contact information on Instagram and for links to the programs that she discusses and talks about in the show. Without further ado, let's go to Sharon's interview. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another powerful interview. This time I have my friend Sharon. So, Sharon is really fantastic. Sharon is an advocate for pelvic health. Although that's certainly not her her profession, but she's become an advocate for pelvic health because of her own journey and her own experience. And I just want to give you a little pat on the back, Sharon. I did that earlier, but I'm going to give it to you publicly right here to say thank you for sharing your story so openly on social media and with your friends and family. And we're going to talk today about your story about prolapse, how you developed it how you ultimately are recovering. Currently, you're, you're doing so much better. And I really want to focus on some of the limiting beliefs and stories that you kind of uncovered throughout your journey and how you resolved some of those limiting beliefs. So let's go ahead and dive in. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your prolapse story.
1: Okay. Uh, and thanks so much, Bree. I, I just wish I found you sooner. Um, you know, much earlier on in
0: this journey, since
1: I found you and especially Lyft, things just improved for me so much. So, um, yeah, I'm Sharon. I live in the north of England. It's a Canadian accent, but a bit of a mashup. Um, my prolapse is related to childbirth and postpartum periods. So, I, had, I gave birth to my son, my first son, only son, in um, 2019, about three years ago. Sorry, 2018, three years ago. And I had a few of the kind of factors that might have set me up for developing prolapse. So I was an older mom at 37. I had a a long pushing stage during labor, about two hours, 40 minutes, and I had an episiotomy. And he was a bigger than average baby, but not not super huge. Um, And for me, I I just found a new baby stage exhausting. So there were were incidences where Looking back, I could see that was probably warning signs, but um, I really noticed a problem at about six, seven months postpartum when I run with my son in his jogging stroller and I just leak urine all the way. You know, I'd empty my bladder before I left home and i you know, just leak all the way around. And I just knew so little about my pelvic floor and then I just thought, oh, I'll keep going because this is exercise.
0: That's, that's kind of how it started for me. Your first sign then was the leaking, the the leaking urine when you were running. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then I, I don't know how common this is, but I only actually sought help when it began to affect work, Sharon. So once I went back to work about 13 months postpartum, I had a few incidences in the office where I knew I needed the loo. I would sit for a bit longer, do a few more emails, stand up, total loss of bladder control, Um, in the office and luckily I work with wonderful people and I cycle to work I changed into cycling gear but um there are a few incidences like that one incident at um Kings Cross station in London where I was running with a donor to catch a train not great right so it was only when it was affecting work Sharon and I had probably more of headspace to think about myself
0: I'd like to go back to that moment, Sharon, when you were running with a a client, you said a donor, because you work with um, people who are, you're a fundraising person. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) I'm not sure your exact job title to say, but you do fundraising work. And so you were with a client and you were with that person running. What, can you take me back to that moment? I'd really, I mean, I know you probably don't want to dwell there, but let's paint a picture of just some of the emotions that went through your head when that happened. Yeah,
1: it was actually a really, it's interesting you picked up on that moment because it was a really big kind of a milestone for me being back at work full time. It was my first overnight trip in London. We had this big donor event at the British Museum, gorgeous place, and I wore a dress and I was just like feeling like I was getting my identity back beyond, you know, being a mom to a, a, a new baby. And um, yeah, we were running to catch the last train back to York. I was meant to stay over, but ended up needing to come home because of um, baby sleep issues. So really wanted to get the last train back home. Um, Probably knew I would leak, but I was like, okay, let's run for it. And this woman, she's a great kind of donor of ours. She would have totally been okay if I told her, but I didn't want to. So I said, yeah, "Yeah, let's run for it. We made it onto the train, and I knew I had leaked. Luckily, it was wintertime and there was like a woolly tight, long dress and coat situation. And she invited me into first class for a glass of wine. And I thought, yeah, I'll have a glass of wine and then I'll sort out whatever's happened. And I had a change of clothes. So when I, you know, I got kicked out back into cattle class, you know, I just changed. But I thought, oh, that's interesting. I thought like postpartum was done, done. And it obviously takes a lot longer to recover.
0: So one thing that you said there, it really speaks to me, which is the fact that you you had kind of felt like you were coming back to your identity as somebody who was back at work, a professional. That's a big part of your identity is your professional life and that work outside of the work of being a mother. And to have a pelvic health issue kind of come into your story at that moment in time was probably really, really distressing and powerful and kind of shaped some of the next little bit of your journey, because I I know your journey, you were part of my transcend group. And I know that there was a lot of emotional, emotional kind of baggage that came with these pelvic health issues. And ultimately, you were able to shift them. So am I putting words into your mouth by saying that? No, no, that's so true. And, and, And even taking a step back, I just like at my
1: six week postpartum check, um, the GP initially refused to even look at my episiotomy scar, so I I was just really disconnected from that whole part of my body, and I felt like mm-hmm. nobody else thought it was a big deal anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm so thankful I found you and that group of women who kind of know you know know what it's like and 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 just can have a more positive take on it because I did get a bit lost before I met you on kind of Doctor Google and looking at all this prolapse stuff online and lists of don't do this, don't do this, don't do this.
0: Yeah. And so when did you realize that you had not just the bladder leakage issues, but also a prolapse? So at at about 13 months postpartum, I went
1: to my GP about the urinary incontinence. um, And I thought maybe I do have a bladder prolapse. I couldn't see anything when I checked, um, but I'd done a bit of research and um, she was brilliant. I was really thankful. We did a two week bladder diary exercise. And then she gave me a pelvic exam and she said there is, and she used perfect words. She said, there is some descent of your bladder when you cough, but it's very mild and it goes right back up. Um, um, So I was very thankful. And then she referred me to, here we have the NHS, NHS pelvic health physio, but it's a really long waiting list. So, you you know, women's health is just so underfunded. So
0: it's just, you're left waiting Mm
1: -hmm. and then
0: just having to search online And that can be such a problem because you're left waiting and you're left with your own thoughts and you're left with your own fears. And so let's, let's go into that and let's go into some of the things that you kind of identified as limiting beliefs and stories that you started feeling during that time. And then we can talk about how you shifted those. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Brie. So I I was
1: looking back in the journal exercise we did as as part of Transcend, like what stories were you told? What stories have you heard? And what? news stories do you want to write and for me I felt like I got on top of the bladder issues once I got pelvic health some pelvic health physio kegels work for me I'm really lucky for me the harder emotional um difficulty came when my my uterus prolapsed about a year after the bladder and that that was really difficult and for me I felt like I can't be the mum, the active mum that I wanted to be to my son Luca, and he deserves. You know, I love throwing him around and being physical. I used to go running and play squash, and I wanted to do enjoy those things with him. And when I wrote, when I look back at the journaling exercise we did, what I was telling myself was things will only get worse. Um, you know, maybe I'll need a hysterectomy. I'd, I, I don't know. It feel like for me the symptoms with the uterus prolapse were a lot of back pain and I can I can see it. It's it's visible when I do an exam. So it's uh, you know when I look um, um my my husband deserves, you know, a partner who can be active and vibrant and 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 not isn't broken. That was a big thing for me thinking I'm broken, I can't get fixed because you know, I'm not a candidate for surgery, um, but I'm thankful because of you, I found found another way. You know, there's so many conservative measures, but I was, that's what I was telling myself. My my son's missing out on, I'm not the mom that I want to be. I'm not the son, the mom that my, my son, who was two at the time, so really active and getting really heavy <laughs> deserves. And yeah, my partner should be with someone who he can have a more fulfilling, active, life with I really felt and then work wise I thought oh can I keep going I don't have a physical job but I travel around in meetings and on the train I go to London I, I go to the US I, I have events where I stand for long periods of time I was advised by a health professional not to stand for 40 minutes at the moment or walk for more than 40 minutes and that really yeah it really does a number on on your mental health even if it's told in a way you know not right now But if you're not given a plan about,
0: well, how how are you going to work up to, to where you want to be? And I feel like that's what you've given me. Thank you for that. I have definitely, you know, worked that into my lift program. And, you know, we talk about it in Transcend as well as is just keeping the faith that those things are possible. And here's how you get there. And here's how you learn about your body so that you can gently push those limits slowly and gently and constantly tune into your own needs and where you are right now. Slowly by slowly, you will get there. Yeah. So I want to talk about, I, I might, you know, the the big stories that you kind of ultimately identified was the, I am broken story, which is one that I hear so often from so many women. And I know you and I have actually discussed on the side about the power of letting that, that wording, just letting it go and choosing different language. And so the, the, feeling broken story. And then also um, about not being able to be the mother that you want or the partner that you want, feeling feeling those feelings. They're all valid, valid, valid feelings. And that's the first thing I wanted. I just want to share with everyone, like these feelings are all valid. You don't need to just sweep them under the rug and pretend like they're not there. Um, but it is important to Acknowledge them. And we, we talked a lot about this in our in our in our you know our group, but acknowledging the feelings, seeing them, you know, thank them for whatever they're there for, which is often a protection, like protecting you um, from whatever it may be. But they, they do serve a purpose, those feelings and those those things they do serve a purpose but the purpose may not be valid anymore we may not need that protection anymore because we do have tools to get better we do have tools to move forward even though they're trying to keep us safe by keeping us you know still and quiet and not moving because we don't want to make things worse when in reality we know that we have the tools to make things better and not worse mm. when we when we go slow and when we take our time and when we use when we use good programs so we see the feelings, we acknowledge them, and then we choose a new thought pattern, we choose a new story, and ultimately we can let go of those old stories. So how did you go about doing this? And, and what new stories did you choose? And was it easy to choose these new stories?
1: Oh my goodness, thank you, Brie. Um, yeah, the feeling like you're broken, and that, that was huge for me and it took a while. And also the feeling of, I was just really angry. I felt really let down. Yeah. I felt like nobody, nobody cares about you after you've given birth and just proper postpartum checks. So there was a lot of anger. Um, um, and then a lot of pain because of the anxiety I had. And I think I, I like many women held a lot of the pain in that pelvic area. So on on feeling fixed. For me, it was quite a staged process. I knew it wasn't the right language. And at first I'm, I'm quite one for trying to make other people comfortable so I, I would say like oh my broken vagina
0: you know this is how it almost like a self-deprecating type of humor right almost like yeah yeah yeah,
1: yeah. yeah where mm-hmm. you know there was a lot of pain there but you're kind of making a joke to make maybe probably make yourself feel better too and other people feel more comfortable um and and also for the being fixed thing I had you know, close family members saying, I don't understand why aren't you getting surgery? You need to be fixed, you know? And it's, mm. that's not, um, if, if you don't know enough about rehab and recovery for pelvic health, that, that is the kind of go-to kind of first solution, isn't it? So for me mm-hmm. on the broken thing, I, I started out by saying, well, you know, my vagina is broken, but some of my favorite things are broken. And I think I needed that little mini step and now I, I don't say my vagina is broken, you know, and I've done a lot of work to kind of really appreciate that part of my body and especially my uterus. I've done some birth reflections work recently and really realized how incredibly hard the uterus worked during that, that birth. And I've removed a lot of that trauma I felt around my body not working well or properly during birth. And that I've kind of carried that into the prolapse stuff. Like here's another thing my body is not doing well like why is why have things shifted um so I actually wrote a letter to my vagina um and that has been helpful just to say when I got to a place of appreciation just to say I'm sorry I'm sorry I was saying this about you and even this little mini step of saying you know some of my favorite things are broken including my vagina you know even that wasn't serving you and I appreciate all you've done. And I, I I am quite in awe. The more I learn about women's health and our biology, I'm quite in awe about how much my vagina is able to give me now, you know? Like organs have shifted. It's, things are pressing against, against it. The uterus, especially my vagina is eight centimeters apparently and the uterus has dropped five centimeters into it. And it's still, I'm pretty much asymptomatic now because I've, you know, because of you, you've helped me do a lot of the physical work through lift and also through transcend unlock another level of healing because there's so much emotional stuff and mindset you have to deal with so I don't think about myself as as broken anymore um and I think of it as more my, this is the public health stuff I do every day is is for me now and for me in the future because you know I want to be a a disgraceful grandma
0: dancing on the tabletops I don't want to be worried about incontinence I love that um, you say you want yeah. to be a disgraceful grandma dancing on the count on the tabletops yeah. I love that you, you that's so wonderful just to have that vision that future vision really of a vibrant older woman who's not thinking about her pelvic floor she's not thinking about prolapse she's just living a vibrant life and and so what I want to reflect back so I want to highlight that you did take baby steps you went from saying my vagina's broken to taking um what we sometimes refer to in transcend as like a spiral staircase of belief, where you can't necessarily make the big jump straight away to being like, everything's fine. I mean, <laughs> that just isn't believable to say that right away, you know? So you took that little step of saying, you know, my, my vagina is broken, but some of my favorite things are broken. So you're inserting a little appreciation there. But then over time, when you started you know doing some work i know you worked with a birth trauma specialist who really has helped you which is amazing and then writing a a letter to your vagina and just really appreciating this part of your body it sounds like you were able to then skip even that middle step and just go straight to appreciation and What I'm going to ask next is, is it true that when you started appreciating this and stopped replaying the old story of my vagina is broken, and you started more just seeing the positive and the the light and the, the beauty of this part of your body and all that it does for you, at that point, were you just plain less preoccupied with the whole situation in general?
1: Yeah, it's so true. And, and even even just physically, like I, I remove those, that emotion of feeling broken and, and even being angry, you know, like I feel let, let down, but those health professionals they're working in within a system, you know, they're healers, but they're constrained by the system they're in. So I, and I, I, when I first learned about prolapse, my Kegels were done very kind of from a place of fear. I don't want things to get worse um so I have to do this and when I started reframing it and thinking about it as like pelvic health and wellness this is just what I do for my daily pelvic health and wellness and I'm approaching it you always say approach things lightly Um, and it's true like this is a lifestyle I'm going to live with prolapse you know for life and hopefully it's it's manageable and and you know you want to approach it with a sense of lightness and a sense of fun And I think that's what you bring with all of your, you know, on your Fun Fusion YouTube channel, all of the variety you bring and the workouts, you make it really fun. And the lift program, I just do that every day. It's like a gift to myself, 10 minutes a day. And I know I've got it. Um, It's just, I, I never, I always feel good after doing it and taking that, that time, you know? So now I, I just think I'll have my shower after I've done lift and, you know, cram the rest of the getting ready stuff into the rest of the time.
0: You just just need to prioritize, you know, lead with pelvic health. Hey there, sorry for the quick interruption, but I just wanted to remind you to please check the show notes if you're at all curious about the lift program that Sharon mentions in this show. And also if you're interested in Transcend, all of the information for those programs are in the show notes. So check it out. And without further ado, let's get back to this. Sharon is the best. It's so good because what you're saying is that you are using now your pelvic floor exercises as a time rather than of almost like self-punishing or, you know, I don't know if self-punishing is the right word, but just a way of like, I've got to do this. I think it is kind of self-punishing and and just Mm -hmm. making better a situation that's bad. Instead of that, instead of this sort of negative light, you're using it as a time of just self-care and just like self appreciation and a gift to yourself every day to maintain your pelvic health for life rather than any type of punishment or retribution for what happened essentially. Mm-hmm. That is a massive shift right there and I think so many people could could benefit from that information. I'm so glad we I'm so glad you shared that.
1: And it, I was really um I wasn't a yoga woman before this. I didn't do any mindfulness, any journaling and I feel like you've really opened up that whole world to me and I feel like for pelvic health especially it's so emotional you need to keep checking in with yourself because if you're feeling stressed and weighed down, that changes your posture and, you know, all of that, that lifestyle stuff. But, um, yeah, you've given me that because the, you know, the 10 minutes of lift, that can be quite mindful and relaxing and, um, and, you know, you and transcend. We you got me on this journaling practice and that's been wonderful. Just seeing, okay, what were my pelvic health wins six months ago? oh, I was so happy I was running. I could run after the the bin men down the street and drag my wheelie bin to them, you know, a few blocks down the street. And it was only after I got home, I thought, oh, I haven't leaked and I don't feel heavy. There's no pressure. And I thought, yeah, that was huge. And I would have forgotten about that almost, such a big deal at the time. But if you don't record these little pelvic health wins, you do forget how far you've progressed.
0: So true. We. I- refer to that as recording evidence of your growth. And it's so important because it's kind of like when you have a kid and you don't realize how fast your kid is growing because you're with the kid every single day. And then you see a friend and they're like, oh my gosh, your child is huge. I haven't seen him in six months. And now all of a sudden he's ginormous. And you don't realize because again, you're with them every day and we don't realize our own bodies and our own growth and improvements when we're in our own bodies every day. So writing that stuff down is really important. Those small celebrations, we tend also kind of like this conversation about old stories is it's so easy to hang on to the negative. It's so easy to focus on the negative and it's real easy to just kind of be like, Oh yeah, cool. And then move forward when you have positive thing and you, and you don't take the time to celebrate. I'm very guilty of this myself. (laughs) I have something good happen and I say, okay, great. And then I move on. Yeah. yeah. And it's very important to celebrate and take a moment to take it in. And sometimes just that taking five minutes to write in your journal and actually record evidence of your growth is extremely powerful. Yeah. 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 True. So what would you leave somebody with who might be listening to this and think to themselves that they might have some limiting beliefs that are holding them back. Do you have a tip or something that you'd want to leave them with so that they can start healing that?
1: Yeah, I just think,
0: you know, it's also the stories other people are telling us. And and we did this with
1: Transcend. What stories have you been told? And especially with something like prolapse, you can be told a lot of things that that is very fear-based and very like here's a list of things you don't do um, um, and this is your fault because you didn't do this and this you know so I think I think journaling is really helpful and that's that was one of the first exercises you walked us through in, in Transcend what stories have what stories have you been told and that for me was huge when I was looking down actually like I've been told do this don't do this you know you hear it's such conflicting advice too but it's only when you've actually written it down on paper and taken the time in a quiet safe space to actually write it down i found it quite emotional and that just doing that released a lot of stuff because i realized you know that's their story that's that's not my story if i i you know if i was told i would need surgery that's more that person telling me that because that's in their toolbox you know and they've trained and that's their every day they don't that that to them is not a big deal um, and I'm not anti-surgery, I, I might need it further down the line, but I feel like when I was early on, you you, you want to kind of try other rehab and, and recovery, more conservative measures, but um, so for anyone dealing with it, I would say, yeah, journaling is, is really big, Transcend was just, it took me to the next level, really, Transcend, and, and this year also doing the birth trauma work, you know, yeah. and I, I felt like, and maybe with prolapse too, I felt like, well, my birth wasn't traumatic. I don't need to indulge in this. And and same with prolapse. I felt, do I need to kick up a fuss? Cause I, Oh, I have three. I have a uterine cystocele and rectocele prolapse. They're just stage one. There must be women on the waiting list who, who are worse than me. Why, why do I feel like I need help? <laughs> you know? So I feel like, yeah. And what's the, thing that unlocked and it was great having your guidance then was what stories do you want to write you know mm-hmm. like your future self so yeah I feel like this now and I have these symptoms now but actually you know I have a vision when when I go on a family holiday I want to be able to play tennis with Luca and my husband Dan and and not worry and be able to you know run run down the beach after him and 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 just having that vision and being like I'll, I know I'll I'll get to that place that um, that's really, really helpful. And knowing that I'm enough as I am actually, like, you know, I might get back to running. I might not. And that's okay. Cause that's not, you know, I've, I've been able to embrace and make space for other forms of movement that I would never have found before. And I've been able to tap into this whole more mindful
0: side of myself. I love this so much. And what you brought up there about The importance of having that future vision, that future you is you can say, and and thinking of basically what does that future vision of me, what would she do? So what would she do right now to get out of these old stories and to get out of, let's take, for example, this kind of thought that you had in your head of, well, my prolapse is just a stage one, you know, it's, it's maybe more mild. Maybe I don't need to crowd up the system with my own issues. Other people need it more, that kind of thing. But your future vision was an older woman, grandma dancing on the, on the tables, right? <laughs> and a vibrant, living a vibrant life and running around with your child and having a great life with your husband. And so, you know, that that future vision, that's where you're going and in order to get to where you want to go. You do have to take some actions. You can't just sit around wishing for this. And so you thought you were able to then reverse engineer the story of like, okay, well, what do I need to do? You know what? I am going to schedule that appointment. You know, I am going to advocate for myself. I am going to speak with the birth trauma specialist. I am going to pursue transcend and do my lift programming. I am going to do all of this because I'm worth it. And I want that future vision. So, so yeah, it's, it does so much to identify the stories from yourself, the stories from other people. And instead of just letting them blindly drag you down, you can actually say, wait a minute, do I want that to be my story? And then you you rewrite it based on the future vision of who you want to be, because you can be her. You already are her. It's just a matter of, you know, working toward it by taking yeah. some action and having positive belief and faith. That's so true. And, and also the whole that whole
1: really powerful journal journaling exercise. It really helps me appreciate that. Actually, I am I am different. I'm not the same person that I was. Yeah. before I had a baby, before I dealt with prolapse, I'm actually much more forgiving of myself and others. I'm much more mindful. I'm much more open to listening to my body and what it needs and knowing that's okay. And I'm, I'm much more aware of, you know, my cycle and when to take it easy, when to kind of power up and do more things, when mm-hmm. to kind of move inwards more. Um, and I feel like those are all gifts. So as we go, as I go into, you know, I'm 40 now, I'm probably In the beginning of perimenopause as I go through that and menopause it's such a gift that I now I have this much better connection to my body to myself as a woman and I feel like it's it's even improving a lot of female friendships in my life because you know I was so um, kind of cut off from that as part of myself before all of
0: this. I love identifying the gifts. I think that is so powerful. I thank you for just doing that just there. And also I want to again, highlight, like I patted you on the back at the beginning of our conversation is you've also channeled this energy into advocacy and you're doing really great things working with the um, gynecologist in, in your area and working with local organizations to help spread the word about the importance of proper care and proper postpartum checks and pop, proper um, self-advocacy for, for female patients. Like you're doing amazing things, Sharon. So I just want to, I'll wrap us up with that. And I just want to give you a hug and thank you for sharing your story so openly and candidly. Oh, thank you so much,
1: Bree. And I've, I've said it, I've said it before, but I'll say it again. I really do think that you gave, gave me a huge part of my life back you know you've given me my my sense of myself back my sense of myself as a mother and as a partner I was really prolapse, you know when my uterus prolapsed I I was really beginning to feel like change how I felt about myself as a mother and a partner and and since I've been working with you and found your programs it's really so different from a year a year from now so I just feel like you've really helped me on so many levels, um, you know, me and my family. So thank you.
0: What a gift for me to hear that. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, my friend. And again, thank you for your time. And um, we'll sign off with that. But thanks again. And and I'm going to put contact information in the show notes. So anyone listening right now, Sharon has a great presence on Instagram. Again, this is not her professional job, but she's a beautiful advocate for female pelvic health. So thank you again. Thanks, Bree. Thank you so much for listening. And if this podcast was helpful for you today, please share it with a friend. Tell them you know what you learned and how it's going to be helpful and amazing for them to talk about this stuff. Don't forget to subscribe and also check the show notes for all the links you need, including how to follow me on Instagram and YouTube. And until next time, remember, you don't have to be an expert, but every woman should know a bit. We'll see you next time.